Welcome to Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is a show of encouragement, enlightenment, and empowerment. And I am indeed thankful that you have joined on today. A special shout out to those who have not listened for the first time. I hope that you are able to be blessed uh, by the program. Today's topic is prescription for the tongue. We're going to be talking about effective communication. Again, that's prescription for the tongue. And we're talking about effective communication. We're going to come from the book of Psalms. And we're going to quickly review Psalm number 34. There is a lot of information to cover on today. And so we'll just let God lead as to how he does that. But I pray that uh, you're again able to be blessed uh, by the topic and able to gain clarity and understanding on today. First, before we begin to read our scripture, as usual, we're going to bow our heads for a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you now, God, for our many blessings. We thank you, God, for watching over us and for keeping us, Lord. We thank you, God, for your blood covering and that hedge of protection that you continue to keep about us. We pray now, God, for everyone that is connected to this ministry on today. God, I pray that your word comes forth with clarity and with understanding. I pray, God, that your word encourages and enlightens your people on today. I pray now, God, for a move of your spirit, even through this radio show. God, I pray that you lift up, bow down heads. I pray, God, that you touch those who are sick and may be shut in. I pray now, God. That you heal even our minds and our emotions and cause them to align with the word of God. I pray, Lord, that 
in everything that we do, we do it with a spirit of excellence, even in our communication, not just in our relationships, God, but in the workplace, in business, even in the church. God, we just pray that you would have your way in our lives and continue to speak to us and through us. Use us for your glory, God. We want to be pleasing in your sight. So, God, we ask you to cleanse us from secret faults. God, remove everything that's not like you. Purge us, God. And then, God, Go back and fill us with your spirit. We thank you, God, for your anointing. We thank you, God, for your precious Holy Ghost, which is our guide and our comforter. We thank you, God, for all that you have done in us. And God, we thank you for what you're doing through us. We say that the visions that you have provided in each of us individually and collectively will come to pass in the name of Jesus. So God, again, we say thank you. We'll forever give your name, all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, again, our opening scripture will be coming from Psalm number 34. Again, that's Psalm number 34. It is a Psalm of David. And we're going to begin around the 12th verse. Of course, the entire Psalm is good. Um, <clears throat> David was going through some things and he ended up running from some folks. Uh, but around the 12th verse is where I want to begin. And we're going to read verses 12 through 19. And the Bible reads, Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Amen. And we're just going to stop right there. Again, we're talking today about effective communication. And our title uh, for today's message is Prescription for the Tongue. We know that we really cannot control our tongues on our own, but truly it takes the grace of God. It takes submission to God and his word. It takes an understanding of the necessity to even want to communicate well. Now, Looking at this passage of scripture, verses 12 through 19, some of the key facts are that if you want to live a good, long and peaceful life, then these are some of the things that you should do, according to David. And the very first thing is concerning the things that come out of our mouths. Look how important this is. Look at how important it is to monitor and be mindful of what we say. The next factor is that the Lord hears everything and sees everything. So don't think that he's not disappointed by some of the things that we say and do. Even as Christians, we can disappoint God. 
Now, did he know already because he knows all and sees all? Absolutely. But it does not mean that because we're Christians that everything we say and do is the gospel. So again, even as saints, we need to be mindful of what we say and do and how we talk to people. It's important in every aspect of our lives, wherever we go and whatever we're doing, it's vital. It is imperative that we communicate effectively. If we want to please God, then we have to give him full control of our lives. And that includes our mouths. That includes these tongues. That's the prescription. That's what we need to do. We need to take heed to the word of God and give God full control. And then as we give him full control, his Holy Spirit, which dwells within us, will cause us to be mindful of our words. If we truly desire to please God, if we truly want to live holy before God, we'll submit ourselves to God and allow his Holy Spirit to cause us to be mindful and think before we say things. And then lastly, one of the factors that David spoke about is letting God deal with folks who've hurt you. Let God deal with people who have wronged you. You don't need to go back and, as we say, tell everybody off. You don't need to go back to get them straight. You don't need to go back, as we say, to get them told. Know that God will deliver. God fights our battles. We don't have to seek revenge. We don't have to tell everybody off. We don't have to give everybody a piece of our minds. See, we have to understand that communicating effectively is not just necessary in life, but it's biblical. I read a story today, and there was an elderly couple sitting on their front porch, and it was a warm summer evening. One of them was listening to the sound of the crickets chirping. The other was listening to a choir singing at a distance in a church up the road. The woman who was listening to the choir said to her husband, My, my, isn't that heavenly music? And the man replied, Yes, and I understand they do it by rubbing their legs together. <laughs> so this couple had a problem in communication. The words that they used were understandable enough, but the meaning behind the words was misunderstood. They were talking about two different things, and they approached the words from totally different perspectives. Therefore, they did not communicate. See, the communication breakdown between this couple is humorous. It's funny. But it's not always so funny when it's your relationship. It's not always so funny when the communication problems are a major factor in a relationship. And communication issues have been a major factor in marital breakups. Communication breakdowns in the workplace can cost you your job. Communication breakdowns in the church can cost someone their lives. So it's vital that we guard our tongues in every walk of life. There is no excuse from baby Christians all the way up. If you're going to tell me you've been saved all your life, 
That's well and fine. But guess what? Just because you've been saved longer than me does not mean that you can say whatever you want to me. We need to know how to talk to people everywhere, everywhere we go in everything that we do. So who needs to communicate effectively? Well, communication is important among people of all ages. Misunderstandings can be avoided. And a whole lot of great things can be accomplished when there is open communication. Remember, people of God, words can hurt. But we can also use our words to encourage. They can teach us or words can tear us down. But no matter which way we attempt to use them, words are very powerful. And they're also a huge reflection of what's truly in your heart. As Christians, the Lord gives us some basic guidelines in his word about how and what we need to be talking about. And guess what? These same guidelines that we receive from the word of God are also parallel to how we need to communicate in the workplace. They're parallel to how we need to communicate if we are business owners and we own businesses or if we're a patron of someone else's business. And definitely the word of God is also parallel to talk to us about how we need to communicate in relationships. Now, somebody is thinking, well, I communicate okay sometimes. What if I communicate sometimes and I'm communicating well, but not just, you know, I don't do it all the time. Guess what? Psalm number 19 and 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My rock and my redeemer. See, remember, God hears everything that you say. And he knows everything that you think. So if what's in your heart is not right toward a person, the likelihood is that what comes out of your mouth toward that person is not right. Now, it's not always. Sometimes, you know, we just mess up. We don't mean to say things, but it's because we didn't think before we said it. But a lot of times when a person says something mean and cruel to you, it's really what's in their heart about you. When a person is always trying to be, as we say, trying to be funny, oftentimes it's really a reflection of what's in their heart for you. So we need God to cause the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts to be according to his word, to be according to his will for us, to be according to his way for us. It doesn't need to be what I think and what I feel all the time. We're going to leave my emotions out of this. But what I want instead is that as I meditate on God, the words that come out of my mouth are aligned with God, with his word, with his will. Amen. Guess what else? Matthew 12 and 37. The B clause says, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. See, you can't unsay something. You can't take words back. Although we try to, we can't. So then we need to make sure that we're not condemning ourselves because sometimes we say condemning things about ourselves and we don't want to condemn others. 
Words that have been said to people even when they were children have not been forgotten. Words that are said to people when they're going through something are not forgotten. So we need to make sure that what's truly in our hearts is what comes out. Because most of the time, again, we mean well, but from the heart to the mouth, it's about a foot. And many times we end up with a foot, so to speak, in our mouths. This is not something that we want to be remembered for. Always saying things and don't know what we're talking about or saying things that are irrelevant or saying things that are cruel or saying things without even having an understanding of a situation. Saying things because we heard or we thought or we assumed something. This is not what we want to be remembered for. We want to have others to have a lasting memory of us being mindful and being thoughtful in the things that we say. We want them to remember that we communicated well and we communicated honestly. And so therefore, our hearts have to be right. But we have to remember, you can't take words back. So ensure that our hearts are right before we get ready to speak to someone on any topic. I don't care if it's your children. I don't care if it's your mate. I don't care if it's your next door neighbor. I don't care if it's the person at church. We need to be careful what we say to people. We need to watch our mouths and be more mindful. So now, is nonverbal and written communication just as important as our verbal communication? Absolutely. Being able to communicate effectively is one of the most important of all life skills. Communication is just the act of transferring information from one place to another. It may be vocally, using our voices, written, whether using printed material or digital material, such as books, magazines, websites, or emails. Guess what? We can also communicate visually. We communicate visually using logos, maps, charts, and graphs. And then non-verbally. We use body language. We use gestures. We use the tone and the pitch of our voice. The tone and the pitch of our voices can change the entire message. So then, yes, when somebody comes in church late and you roll your eyes or you shrug or you raise an eyebrow and you look at somebody else sitting up in the choir stand so you can get them to look too, Mm-hmm. You're definitely still communicating. It's just nonverbal. And you might want to check the meditation of your heart when you find yourself doing things like that, even in God's house. So how well information is transmitted and received is a measure of how good your communication skills are. Some of us think we have good communication skills, but quite frankly... We don't. How well it's received by the other person is a sign of how well you communicated the information. So now let's talk about the importance of good communication skills. Developing your communication skills can help in all aspects of your life, as I stated before. So from your professional life, even if you're going to a social gathering, and then everything in between, we need to ensure we communicate well and we want to develop those skills. The ability to communicate information accurately, clearly, as intended, is vital. 
And it's not something that should be overlooked. And please know, it's never too late to work on your communication skills. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been communicating. I don't care if you tell me you were talking when you were six months old and you haven't quit yet. Whatever the case, it's never too late to improve those skills. So by all means, if you're listening today, don't feel defeated. It's just something that we need to work on. And it's something we all need to work on because from time to time, we all slip up. Again, we just need to be mindful and ensure that the meditation of our hearts is really toward God and you thinking positively toward the person that you're speaking to. Because if not, believe me, it shows up. So professionally, if you're applying for a job or or you're looking for a promotion with your current employer, you're going to certainly need to demonstrate good communication skills. Now, that may be in the form of your resume. That may be in the form of a conversation. However, good communication skills are needed to speak appropriately with a wide variety of people. You have to maintain good eye contact. You have to demonstrate a varied vocabulary. Your vocabulary needs to be applicable to the job that you have or the job that you're trying to gain. And then you need to tailor your language to your audience. You need to make sure that you're talking to your boss like you should be talking to your boss and not walking in saying, hey, girl, hey, man, what's up? We need to tailor that conversation to our audience. Or if you're speaking to people at church, you need to tailor your conversation. You're not going in there talking like you talk to people on the street. Have some respect. Talk to people appropriately. Guess what else we need to do? We need to listen effectively. This is a huge part of effective communication. You need to present your ideas appropriately. You need to write clearly and concisely. That includes using appropriate grammar, not using jargon, not using slang. What are you talking about? There should be nothing like that in your resume. There should be nothing like that as you're communicating on your job, even in sending emails. The things that you say need to be appropriate. And then you need to be able to work well in a group. If you're in a group of people at work or at church and you have to do it your way or things have to be said or done a certain way and you don't know how to operate if someone else wants to utilize their method, you're confused and then you act like they're crazy. Yes, you have some communication issues. These are some areas that identify, even in the workplace, when there are some skills that we need to to perform a little bit better. So we're going to touch base on some areas such as verbal and nonverbal, as well as written communication. Um, We're going to talk about interpersonal communication. So interpersonal communication is the process By which people exchange information, exchange feelings, and then exchange meaning through verbal as well as nonverbal messages. So it's best uh, then to communicate face to face as it relates to interpersonal communication, because then you can kind of align body language and eye contact and the tone of your voice because you're actually looking at that person right in front of you. And then you're kind of going to get a response from them that will show you whether or not they're receiving the message appropriately. Now, some people won't let on a clue and they have a poker face, as we say. However, generally speaking, if you're speaking to an audience, especially in the workplace, you can kind of tell how the message is being received by those who are listening to what it is that you have to say. And then there's intercultural communication. In intercultural communication, it's a, 
it's a discipline that studies communication across different cultures and then different social groups, or it talks about how culture affects communication. Because believe it or not, where you're from, the environment that you're accustomed to, may not just be what you need to take into the workplace. You're going to need to adapt to that environment. If you're from a culture or an environment that's, that's yelling at folks and talking loud and everything is a joke or whatever the case, or using slang or, or jargon, as I stated before, you need to make sure that you adapt to the culture that you're around. You wouldn't want to go in the bank talking loud and laughing with your shades on because you might get arrested. You might not want to to go into a store with a gang of people all around you. And, and, and so in your culture, you're used to everybody hanging out together and being together all the time. Well, you don't want to go into a store that way because they might think that you came in to rob the place. So, again, you need to adapt to the cultures that you're in at that time. So intercultural communication involves understanding different cultures understanding languages and customs of people from other countries as well as people from other environments because those things definitely do make a difference. Now, there are some common barriers to effective communication. One of them, as I've mentioned before, is the use of jargon. If people don't understand what you're saying and you're not utilizing King's English, the likelihood is that what you intend to message or communicate to them won't be received well. Uh, there are emotional barriers and taboos uh, that, that cause issues with effective communication. There's a lack of attention or interest or even distractions or irrelevance to the receiver. That's a barrier. There's a difference in perception and in viewpoint that can cause a barrier. To communicating effectively, there's definitely hearing versus listening. Because just because a person can physically hear you does not mean that they're listening and paying attention to what it is that you're talking about. And then there are physical disabilities such as hearing problems or speech difficulties that cause issues with effective communication. A lot of times we can be speaking to somebody, especially if it's an older person, you know, and they don't even have to be older in this day and age. But you are assuming that they're ignoring you when, quite frankly, they didn't hear you because they have a hearing problem. You know, by the time they turn around and say, what did you say? You've gotten mad because you're like, now I know you heard me and I was standing here and trying to talk to you. You know, that happens in the workplace a lot. We don't know what types of issues some of those people have that we work with. You're just assuming that they don't talk to you or they ignore you when here it is that they have a hearing issue. What about the person that you think, oh, man, you know, I, I try to talk to her and then I just can't make any sense of what they're saying. What if they have a speech impediment? What if they have a lisp? What if there is some type of a difficulty? And guess what? We all have flaws. So don't spend your time pointing out that person's flaws. And if you're that person that has an issue with a lisp, then work on it. I know plenty of people who have had issues in the past or had issues growing up with speech impediments and couldn't say or pronounce certain words. Guess what? A lot of people from the South or people from New York or certain areas, again, don't pronounce words the same way. So we have to learn to adapt and ensure that these things are not a barrier for us to be able to get messages across to other people. Another thing is inference. So inference is, is when you kind of guess or make an opinion 
and you form this opinion based on information that you have when you're talking to somebody or, or when you meet them or whatever the case. But guess what? Sometimes the things that you think are not always the truth about the person. You know, the person can tell you, well, you know, I, I really like my house neat um, and, and I really like um, to ensure that I get up on Saturday mornings and clean up and I, I like to, you know, make sure that my clothes are neat. So you assume from those things that the person has said, all of a sudden, it, oh, okay, girl, you you know they're funny. You, you know they're they're real clean and real neat and stuff. And you know, no, maybe the person just doesn't like dirt. It doesn't mean that they're treating you any differently. They're talking to you about what they like. But again, sometimes we infer or we utilize inference to assume something that may or may not be a fact if you go into a store do you assume because you came in there clowning and they asked you to leave that they're racist no they asked you to leave because you were clowning in their place of business do you assume that because someone is not interested in you oh girl uh, uh, he's a homosexual he don't like women because he didn't talk to me. He didn't even look my way. Maybe he wasn't interested in you. Maybe it was your attitude. You've assumed or inferred and made a decision about a person based on a couple of things that they've said. It's not good to do. Now, in some cases, can you utilize inference to, to get an understanding? Yes, you can. But it may not always be factual. So we don't want to assume anything. So if you're not clear and you don't understand, then ask some more questions. Don't assume anything. And if you're a person that asks questions, make sure that you don't ask too many questions. Because by now, the person who was sending the message may not want to talk to you anymore. Because usually people don't want to repeat themselves four and five times because they feel like you weren't interested. You didn't respect them enough to pay attention. They may think anything. So make sure, again, that there is balance, but you don't spend a lot of time assuming. But if you're not clear, do ask questions when that opportunity is available. And then we're going to talk about the purpose of effective communication. It, it's necessary, again, in the workplace. It's necessary in your business. It is necessary in your relationships. So whether that's a romantic relationship, whether that's the relationship with your neighbor, whether that's the relationship with your children or your working relationships, know that effective communication is vital in all of your relationships. So let's talk about the purpose of effective communication in business or in the workplace. First of all, there are, are a couple of different perspectives. So the first perspective then is that of the business or the business owner. And their perspective is totally going to be different from the perspective of the person who's a patron. Usually in business, the patron is trying to get a good deal. They may not always be concerned about the quality. There are some people who are strictly concerned about quality, and it doesn't matter what an item costs. That is true. But the perspective of the business owner is that they're there to make money. They're not just there hanging out in your neighborhood because they were bored on a Saturday. They're there to make money. It's their livelihood. So then they're going to have a different level of care and concern then you do. So if you go into the store and you're rearranging all the clothes on the rack, or if you go into the store and you ask them a question like, uh, do you have these in my size? Well, 
that doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless the business owner knows your size. So, see, we have to make sense. We have to ensure that we communicate effectively. So, your question then should be, do you have these in a size 10? Do you have other colors? Instead, you go and ask a crazy question, and you're looking at them thinking, man, I'm not coming back in this store ever again, because they're looking at you like, what did she just say? They don't know what you meant. You're not understanding their perspective, and you don't care to. So there are some reasons why effective communication should be a focus in your business. So again, whether you're a business owner, whether you're just in the workplace, Know the communication plays a fundamental role in all facets of business. Again, that can be written communication as well as verbal communication. So is therefore important that both internal communication to your employees or within your organization, such as your church, works well. We need these things to work well. It will speak to the communication skills, not just yours, but your employees. And we want to make sure that, again, they are effective. So these are some reasons that we want to make sure that we focus on effective communication in business. First and foremost, it builds and maintains relationships, not just with your customers, your external customers, but also with your internal customers, which are your employees or the people in your church. If you're a pastor, make sure that you have right relationships with the people in your church and communication is key. So we want to build and maintain appropriate relationships. Relationships are built and can be maintained by positive encounters with others. Communication will be key in this process. Without those effective skills, it'll be difficult to properly construct and foster appropriate relationships communication facilitates innovation if if your employee or your church member feels comfortable in openly communicating new ideas if they are comfortable in cooperation if there's opportunities for innovation then innovation will be at an all-time high if you allow them to come and talk to you and share their ideas and even share things that they don't think are going well. Now, again, if you're the employee or you're the customer, you don't want to go into someone's livelihood and say, say something like, you know, all this is stupid. The way you have this over here is ugly. This isn't a range, right? Because I'm telling you right now, they will shut you down. Nobody wants to hear that. This is their livelihood. This is their baby. This is something that they've birthed. If you have an opinion, we'll hear it. But it's all in how you present it. So again, as the business owner, make sure that those doors of communication are open because it will only help your business. It will only grow your church when you allow others to be able to come in and have a conversation with you and make a suggestion or even talk to you about how you should keep doing the right things right. Sometimes you don't know a person's perspective unless you ask them. And they may not feel comfortable in talking to you about that perspective unless you make sure that you open those doors. The third thing is that it builds an effective team. If open communication within a workplace is encouraged, then there's a more cohesive and effective team. Again, same thing in the church. You're able to be closer to your pastor, closer to your church members, closer to your leaders if there is effective communication. Again, appropriate communication is key. So when an employee feels 
that they're well informed and the business owner or the leader in the company communicates and talks to people, keeps them informed about things that are going on. Guess what? They understand the company's direction. They understand the company's vision. And they're, they're going to feel more secure about their jobs. They're going to feel more secure about their role. They have a better understanding of what it is that you need them to do. There is nothing like coming into a new job and the leader can't tell you what it is that you're supposed to be doing. You don't understand them and they don't understand you. And you're thinking, man, I, I shouldn't have taken this job. I left my other job for this and I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing from day to day. Same thing in the church. Same thing in your household. If you're explaining to your children, okay, I need you to go and clean up the living room. You need to be able to be specific about what those duties are, what those requirements are. Exactly. Does that mean sweep? Does that mean mop? Does that mean dust? Does that mean you didn't want me to dust? Does that mean dust certain things? What exactly does that mean when you say go clean up the living room? Or does that mean just go in there and get the shoes that I left last night when I came in from work? What exactly does that mean? The other thing is that it helps in managing employees. You have to communicate in order to manage people. When managers are effective communicators, they're more able to inform their staff adequately of everything that's going on, including responsibilities and changes and people know what's expected. Good communication skills also help managers to provide constructive feedback to their staff. If you haven't been talking to this person about anything good, don't expect them to listen to you when you go to talk to them about everything that they've done wrong. No one wants to hear that. You need to build better relationships and then understand their personal goals and understand how those goals mesh with what it is that you have as a vision for your place of business. Now, these are things that you should have thought about when you interviewed them or when you brought them onto the company or when these people came into the church. Don't assume that people just understand your vision, but ensure that their personal goals mesh with your goals, because if their goal is to go to the left and your goal is to go to the right, they may not even be the right person for this job or for this position in the church or for the business. And if you're that person, you need to understand that. You need to understand that the things that you have personally set aside for yourself, like, okay, I want to be off on the weekends. Okay, the company is only open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How is this beneficial to the company? And then how is it beneficial to you? You need to be honest with yourself and ensure that you've communicated, this is my plan. And so, therefore, if the business owner is saying, well, okay, my plan, on the other hand, is this, and it's something different, again, you need to be able to have those conversations, and it requires communicating effectively. Next, the benefit of effective communication in business is that it contributes to the growth of the company. No one, no one wants to be in business and they're not making money and they're not growing. So that should speak for itself. A lack of communication can lead to a total collapse of any organization, and that includes your church. That includes your household. Although that's a bold statement, without proper marketing collateral, without communicating internally as well as externally, most organizations are going to struggle to survive. You can't make it if you can't communicate and you're trying to be in business. Communication also can lead to productivity, and it helps to avoid unnecessary delays, unnecessary problems, just problems altogether. If you can't communicate your policies, people don't know what it is that you want them to do. 
then it's going to eventually cause the demise of your organization. And then lastly, effectively communicating in the biz- in business or in the workplace ensures transparency. When you communicate on a regular basis, again, internally as well as externally, most organizations are able to remain transparent, even if things are not going well for the company at the moment. This is important in, in building trust. This is important in building your brand. If people feel like you're keeping secrets from them, they will leave. If people feel like, oh, no, it doesn't look like we're going to get paid next Friday, then, again, you need to ensure that you're being transparent with people and they'll have more respect for you. Tough decisions sometimes have to be made. Transparent leaders will have a much easier time than when you're trying to explain why after the fact. People will not respect you. They will not trust you. And they will tarnish the brand of your company. That's not what you want. And again, as patrons of the business, you need to communicate well so that your purpose is clear. Even when you, again, go into the bank or go into the mall and go shopping, going to the grocery store, whatever it is that you're doing, companies that you patronize, you need to be clear as far as your goal and what it is that you want from them. Communicate effectively at all times. Now let's talk about effective communication in relationships. And I'm sure uh, for, for many of my listeners today, uh, that, that's more likely uh, more important to you. So effective communication in relationships involves listening as well as communicating. Listening is a very important part of effective communication. A good listener can encourage their partner to talk openly and honestly. How you say what you say is key. So if you say some things like, you are getting on my nerves, be aware that you're causing more problems by saying the wrong things. Be aware that physical barriers also, noise, interruptions, and distractions will also cause good communication to be difficult. Now know this, no romantic relationship can flourish without effective communication between that couple. Communication is transmitting, disseminating, and sharing vital information between two people. And if you're going to live together as husband and wife, it can only work where there is an effective back and forth of information between the two people that are involved. I didn't say between you, him, and your mama. But between those two people, you need to ensure that you communicate effectively. And then, therefore, everybody else outside of their relationship will have to catch on because guess what? You set those barriers. It's not strange that a whole lot of relationships fail or don't last long as a result of a fragile foundation and poor communication. It's caused by poor communication. Shoddy communication can ruin your marriage. Shoddy communication can ruin your relationship. So, as we've always learned, effective communication is key. We've heard it a million times, but it is key in any successful relationship. Powerful listening and communication connects a husband and wife together and intensifies the, intim- the intimacy that acts as a glue to holding any relationship together. 
Like communication, listening is not as much an innate skill that all people possess. A lot of people think they listen well, and a lot of us really don't. But it's definitely a skill that individuals must make an effort to learn. Not just learn it, but we need to utilize it on a consistent basis. If it's in our daily dealings with our partner, then we tend to always talk and not listen. Then communication becomes meaningless. Interrupting people, talking when someone else is talking is not just rude, but it makes it difficult to hear what they're saying, particularly when our feelings are involved. When our emotions and thoughts and opinions get involved, we kind of shut down and we're not really listening at all. So effective communication in a relationship makes any romantic relationship easier, sweeter, and definitely more enjoyable for both parties involved. You don't want that man sitting out there in the garage every day when he comes home, he has to take another five minutes because he knows that when he comes in the house, you're going to be nagging and yelling and screaming. You don't want that woman to hate to see you come home in the evening from work because she knows when you walk in, all you're going to do is complain about Everything that you think you see is wrong and the kids need this and dinner's not ready and you don't know what's been going on. That's not what you want. You want your relationship to be one of cohesion. So we want to make sure that we get rid of any misunderstandings, any frustrations, any level of unhappiness, and definitely not bickering and arguing. Because those types of things come from... ineffective communication. So we want to make sure that we're effective so that we can dissolve any of those negative things like the frustration or the unhappiness. Nobody wants to be in a relationship and you're not happy. What's the point? So there are a whole lot of reasons why you should pay attention to maintaining effective communication in a relationship. But we're going to talk about three. Three reasons why learning effective communication can benefit our relationships. And we all need this information. So, why is it that we want to effectively communicate? First of all, it shows value. Undoubtedly, listening to another party's words shows a sign of respect to the speaker. If you're having a discussion, listening to each other shows that you respect what they're saying. Even if you disagree with what's being said, you still need to have a respect for their thoughts and their feelings as an individual. With effective communication, it shows you value your partner and your partner sees you as a valuable asset to him or her. On the other hand, if there is a lack of effective and flourishing communication among partners, then one partner becomes a liability to the other partner and communication becomes a chore They don't want to talk to you. But if you do it right, it becomes something that you genuinely enjoy. Another reason for why we want to communicate effectively, it helps us to understand each other. We need to understand. And what we all need is understanding. There's a clear difference between communication and effective communication. And that difference lies in the effectiveness Effective communication makes a partner understand the other. 
The end goal of communication should always be to understand, not to fight, not to dismiss, not to invalidate what they're saying, not to try to jump out of the bushes on somebody, gotcha, because you got them caught up in some words, but to understand each other. The moment that we tend to understand our partner and listen to them, even in the times when we don't agree, we can move forward in that situation and then take the necessary steps to enhance the relationship. But if we're not listening and we don't understand each other, there is no progression. There is no moving forward. So understanding your partner helps you to avoid a lot of things like arguing, disagreeing all the time, frequent abusive words. Not that these things are okay, but it it happens when you continue to not have an understanding of what's going on with the other person. Harsh words toward each other and just avoiding each other altogether. For women especially, we understand our partners without judgment is a good way to get your man committed to you. Understanding him and listening to him, understanding what he has to say makes a person feel better, not just about themselves, but also about you. Because if you never understand what he's saying and, and you're always trying to overtalk him and you're always telling him what he should think and what he should feel. And no, that ain't what I said. It's not a good feeling. Understanding is best. And that person will want to spend more time with you. And then lastly, it helps to be approachable in relationships. It's a good thing to know that somebody's actually there to talk to. You can't always talk to the people on your job about your business. You, you can't always talk to the folks at church. I'm sorry to tell you. But when you communicate effectively, it makes you more approachable to your partner. And they want to talk to you. They feel comfortable talking to you. They're okay with approaching you. But if they come and say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And you're like, oh. You're constantly bothering me. What's wrong now? Oh, wait a minute. Let me turn the TV down. With an attitude, nobody wants to talk to you. They're not comfortable talking to you, and you're certainly not approachable. So what will happen is somebody on the street will say, oh, you need somebody to talk to? The devil is a lie. He will not take my relationship because I can't listen. But don't you know that's what happens a lot of times? We have to pay close attention to the little things. And we definitely have to be approachable as it pertains to our partners. When you do, it'll cause you to have more healthy and even more romantic conversations when you're approachable. Most partners live together, but they can't approach each other because a relationship lacks a level of comfort. That's not what we want. That's not what should be happening even in a godly relationship. That should not be happening. There shouldn't be certain subjects that you can't talk about with your spouse. Even if it's uncomfortable, you should be able to talk about any and everything because you're going to make sure that you're respectful of each other and you're mindful of each other and you're mindful of the intents of your heart when you have the conversation, especially when you are a Christian, when you're a godly person. So it's important to focus on effective communication. It's a vital tool for building and maintaining your relationship.
We want others to respect us. We want others to understand us. We want others to be more approachable, right? Then we need to work on listening and being more approachable as it pertains to others being able to come to us. And again, this is something that everybody needs to work on because we all have our moments. So just pay close attention. Pay close attention to the things that you do and the things that you say. Because sometimes we tell other folks what they need to be doing, but it's not exactly what we're doing. So can those same three principles that I just talked about work on your job? Will they work at church? Will they work in the community? Absolutely. Absolutely. Those same three things that we just talked about will work in every aspect of your life. Show value to other people. Understand other people and be approachable to other people. How can someone come to you and talk about the goodness of God? Or how can you go to talk to somebody about the goodness of God when your approach is? What are you doing? What are you saying? Your life isn't right. You need to get it together. No, that's not how we approach people. Those same three principles work in every aspect of our lives. So for some communication tips, make sure that you find the right time to talk to someone. Next, if it's at all possible, try to talk face-to-face so that you get a better understanding and a better feel for how the conversation is going. Next thing, don't attack people. Don't, don't always make it, I, 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 it's all about me and everything that's wrong is you, you, you. Don't attack people. Next, be honest. Agree to be honest from the very start. I'm not saying be rude, but you can be honest without being rude. Number five, check your body language. Make sure that you're not rolling your eyes and raising your eyebrows and twisting your neck when you talk to people. That makes you unapproachable and nobody wants to talk to you then. And then the last thing, use the 48-hour rule. If somebody does something to you, especially, say, in a marriage, don't go and bring up some stuff from yesteryear. If it didn't happen in the last couple of days, nobody can read your mind. And don't go and bring up old stuff. Just to try to hurt somebody, just to try to hurt feelings. Just go forward, move forward, use that 48 hour rule. If it didn't happen within the last 48 hours, let it go. You didn't talk about it then. Don't be bringing up something that happened last year. And you did the same thing at the last family reunion two years ago. Lord have mercy. We have got to move forward. There is a context of communication. All communication has a context. Know what the reason is for having this conversation. Know what the reason is for talking at all. Don't just talk to be talking, but make sure that you're utilizing context clues. Because your communication can fail because we are overlooking the entire reason for the conversation. So make sure to avoid misunderstanding. Communicate more effectively. It's important that the context of the communication is understood by everybody involved. Make sure that you avoid distractions and noise so that your message is heard clearly. So location is key. Timing is key. Don't go in with any misconceptions and making any assumptions. Make sure that you utilize your listening skills. Make sure that your conversation is clear and concise. So whatever you say, make sure that you say it with clarity. And this entails making the subject as well as the opinion or remark about the subject very clear. Don't start changing subjects. Don't start jumping from one thing to the next. Also make sure that your conversation is organized and you're utilizing a logical approach. 
the requirement of clarity needs backing up by communication style. So that means don't go in just because that's how they talk in your neighborhood and thinking you can talk to everybody like that. That does not work. Be brief. Don't just keep going on and on, especially utilizing poor grammar, especially utilizing, again, the styles of the way people talk in your neighborhood. You may talk loud to everybody else. You can't go to work hollering at folks. It doesn't work like that. You'll mess around and lose your job. Make sure that you pay attention to situational analysis and then take feedback. Don't just do all the talking and you never listen, but allow people to ask questions. Pay attention to the visual clues and body language. Pay attention completely to make sure that we communicate effectively, not just to them, but pay attention to you and monitor your own behaviors. So this has been Eve's Corner. I thank you so much for joining. I know that today was packed with a whole lot of information, but I hope that you were blessed by it. Campbell Ministries is doing some great things in the community. Not only am I available to minister and to officiate services, but I also provide job readiness and job relevance trainings, as well as business etiquette trainings, as you found out today. I'll do those trainings for your church or organization or for your community at large. We also minister to young ladies and their families through your big sister's closet, which is designed to provide prom dresses to young ladies who otherwise wouldn't be able to attend their senior prom. So if you have gently used prom wear, please send it to P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. You can also reach out to me via email at acampbell 681 at ymail.com and on my Facebook page, which is simply Campbell Ministries. There, you'll also find information about our book club. We always need more members as well as more book suggestions. If you'd like to donate to Campbell Ministries, simply go to my website, campbellministries.com, and click on the donate button. I am asking that you partner with me by donating a specific amount each month. Although the gospel is free, I always say ministry costs. So I'm asking that you pray about committing to sowing into this ministry. It's definitely good ground. As a partner of Campbell Ministries, I am committed to interceding on your behalf and keeping you lifted up before the Lord in prayer. Lastly, if you're looking for a good church home and you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area, the Word Full Gospel Baptist Church is a great place to worship. We're located at 3023 Percy B. Simpson Drive, again in Jackson, Mississippi. So stop by so we can love on you and expound on the Word of God with you. Until next time, thanks again for joining and be blessed. Oh.